been thinking a lot recently, and not even just recently, but ever since I started off the lead, I've been trying to figure out what it is exactly. And I'm at it a couple of years now, and I don't fucking know, to be perfectly honest. And there's something that I really like about that, but in an equal amount, there's something I dislike about that. What I'd love to have is what's called an elevator pitch. And I've mentioned this before, but I'll just briefly outline it. Let's say you've got, it's usually in relation to having a, a, an idea in your head to start up a business. And if you have an idea in your head to start up a business, what I would suggest you do is come up with an elevator pitch or what's called an elevator pitch. So an elevator pitch is 30 seconds max, whereby you rhyme off what it is that your idea is all about the the problem it's going to fix, the people it's going to help, and all the rest of it. And you just rhyme it off, and you get the gist of it across in 30 seconds. And the reason it's called an elevator pitch is, the thought experiment is, you have this idea in your head of starting whatever type of business it is, and you get into a lift one day, and you're going down, you're on the 10th floor, and you go down to the ground floor, and you're about to leave the building. And on the 9th floor, the door's open, and in walks in a Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or fucking Richard Branson or some fucking multi, multi, multi millionaire or billionaire character. The type of person that if they got on board with your idea, fucking boom, they could just run with it. But you need to be able to get your idea across within 30 seconds because that's the only that's the amount of time that you've got in the lift or the elevator with them. And hence the term an elevator pitch. And an elevator pitch is a very good concept to have in relation to anything that is that you want to do, whether it's plans for your future. So take it out of the business context for a second and then just imagine that you get knocked unconscious in a car crash whilst in unconscious land, you meet God and God goes, all right, lad, what's the crack? What would you like to how would you like the rest of your life to plan out? And you've got 30 seconds to rhyme it off because that's the window that, of opportunity that you have. Like, what, what would, like, just, just, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a bit out there, but as a thought experiment, you've got 30 seconds, rhyme off, you know, the type of life that you want for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And the beauty of, of working on something like that, and what I suggest you do is, is write down the main things, because you're not going to have 30 seconds to rhyme off. You're going to have some vague, shitty idea. And if you set a timer and talk for 30 seconds and play it back to you, play it back to yourself, it won't let outline anything really, other than, oh, I, I, I want to be healthy and fit and my kids to do well in school, blah, blah, fucking blah. That's just nonsense. You need to concretize it. So you need to have a think about it first. And you could spend, like, people spend weeks and months and years trying to nail down their their elevator pitch for their business. And your life is a hell of a lot more important than your business. But anyway, I digress, as always. Getting back to why I started it, why I do it, why I plan on continue doing it. Again, it's something that I've said before and I'm going to repeat. Without knowing why I do it, I know that there's a benefit to me in doing it. I can, I can feel myself becoming more articulate. I can feel myself being more comfortable with pauses. I can feel myself not wanting to interrupt my guests as much as I once would have wanted to. I feel like I'm getting better at when my guest is talking and an idea springs to mind that I want to ask them about. 
I'm getting better at not asking. But when the gap in the conversation comes, pulling that back. And as I've said before, we are what we repeatedly do. And I've been doing this as near as every day as makes no difference for a good few months now. So I know even if I hadn't noticed it in myself or if people hadn't noticed it and mentioned the improvement. I'm confident in in that mantra that we are what we repeatedly do. And I'm confident that the more you do something, the better you get at it, good and bad. But what has me making this recording today is I've spoken a good bit recently and over the years about perspective and how you frame certain things and how we create our own realities because we see the world through the lens of our lives. And that's why people see things differently because they've different fucking lives to you. And something that I've been thinking about a lot more recently is this idea that you need a bit of solid ground to stand on in order to explore the world. So, again, the thought experiment or the analogy or the mix of both is you're at sea, you're bobbing up and down, there's no land, there's no boats, there's nothing for you to hold on to. You're just keeping yourself afloat. When you're in that, in that state of, of treading water, You're just completely fixated on keeping your chin up and keeping and keeping the air into your lungs and not drowning, basically. There's no you're not exploring, you're not thinking about anything. It's just constantly <laughs> treading water, treading water, treading water. Maybe you're maybe you're concentrating on, on, on expending less and less energy so you don't tire out quickly and you extend the period that you stay alive. But you're certainly not in any kind of exploratory mode. Your mind isn't wandering, thinking about God knows what. You're concentrating on the task at hand. But if you can just get a rock to hold on to, that you can stand on or lean against or wrap your arms around, and you don't have to continuously tread water, from that position, you can have a think. You can have a look around you. And there's something similar to that in relation to, to learning new ideas. So your, your mind is at sea to a degree. You're, you're afloat, you're adrift in your own life. And before you, can get a, before you can learn something new, you need something to stand on. And a great way to, to learn about something new is to find out somebody else's opinion of it. So I think before you can formulate your own opinion on something, you need somebody you need to hear somebody else's opinion first or at least it helps to hear somebody else's opinion first and that somebody else's opinion is the is the bit of rock it's the something to cling cling to it's the bit of solid ground under your feet and when you understand somebody else's viewpoint it becomes a lot easier to come up with your own viewpoint now you have to be careful that you do come up with your own viewpoint and you don't just embody somebody else's viewpoint because if you just embody somebody else's viewpoint you'll just parrot you'll just regurgitate what you've heard and that's not your own viewpoint if you're just repeating something that somebody else has said to you that's not your opinion that's you parroting somebody else's opinion 
But being able to parrot somebody else's opinion and importantly, being conscious that you're just parroting somebody else's opinion is, I think, a first step or the first step or a good first step in creating your own opinion because you've something to compare it to, you've something to reference it to. This guy thinks this. But I think this. It, it gives you it gives you something. And I, I think in a, in a weird way, that's what I'm providing. I'm putting my worldview out there. And it's funny because the, the benefit for me is I don't know what my worldview is. Thoughts are like farts. You don't know what they sound like until they come out. And I don't know what my own opinion on a lot of things is until I start talking. Like, I might have a big interest in stegosauruses. But it's not until I hit record and start talking about stegosauruses that I realise, oh fuck, I actually don't have a whole pile to say about stegosauruses. And that's why that episode hasn't been uploaded. And that happens to me quite a bit. I'll get this idea into my head to do an episode on telescopes. And I'll start talking for five minutes and then I'll kind of catch myself waffling and then I'll realise, I was like, fuck... I thought I knew a bit about telescopes, but I don't know shit about telescopes. And there's been a really steep learning curve for me there, and it's been fucking great. And then there's been other times whereby I go, okay, I'll explore this, but I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to say. And I hit record, and fucking, Jesus Christ, 25 minutes, fucking herself will kill me, gotta go. And I've surprised myself with my own level of knowledge of stuff in the same respect that I've surprised myself with my lack of knowledge of different things. So the utility in me making these recordings is that I get to hear my thoughts out loud. I get to clarify my own opinions. And I get better at speaking extemporaneously. And the upside, I think, or at least would like to think, that people have from listening to me, is that once you hear my opinion on something, that gives you a a piece of solid ground for you to go you know, I I like what he's saying here, or I don't like what he's saying here. And it's okay, like, you can, you can take on somebody else's opinion, provided you're aware that that's what you're doing. Just because somebody says something that makes sense to you, it doesn't mean that that's their opinion and, and you can't absorb it. Especially if somebody's talking about I don't know, astrophysics or psychology or whatever it is, something that you, whatever, it doesn't matter. If somebody is talking about something that you know nothing about and have little interest in, it's very hard for you to do anything other than kind of agree with them or just smile and nod. And one of the reasons that has me exploring this particular topic is the list of people who've influenced me that I've put up there recently. Because those people, for the most part, are experts in a particular field. And increasingly these days, there's a massive distrust of experts. And I have it myself. I I don't rate people who have degrees, for example. And I've, I've most likely said this before, but I'm gonna, it's worth repeating and certainly worth saying if I haven't said it before. To me, a degree or a master's or a PhD or any of these qualifications that people have, experience as well is is a type of qualification. 
I've often found myself in a conversation with somebody and there's a disagreement and the person that's disagreeing with me or saying something that I disagree with, should I say, they often fall back on, look, Frano, I've been doing this for 20 years. I do this for a living. And that's always a red flag to me because just because you've been in a position for 20 years, I've met a lot of people, I would argue the majority of people, who haven't been in that position for 20 years. I'm sorry, they have been in the position for 20 years. But just because you've been in a position for 20 years, that doesn't mean that you've got 20 years experience. Because what a lot of people do is they repeat their first year. Or they have their first year is a year's experience, the second year is a year's experience, the third year is a year's experience. But the fourth year was pretty much the same as the third. And the fifth was the same as the fourth. And the next 15 were all the fucking same. So even though you've been doing this 20 years, you've only really got five years experience because you've just been repeating what you learned over the first five years for the next 15 years. And people become stale and stagnant and their minds get closed off to the idea that they're wrong because that would be an admission that they've been fucking up every year for 15 years. So people like that tend to get very, very defensive. And that's when, I've got a PhD, I've got a degree, I didn't spend four years in college studying blah, 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 to listen to you fucking talking shite. Red flag for someone who doesn't know what they're fucking talking about. To me, your qualification or your years and years and years of experience, they, they disallow you for want of a better term, to make the mistakes that people who don't have that kind of experience can make. So if I'm chatting to somebody about, I don't know, neuroscience, okay, the, the study of the brain, distinct from the study of the mind, the study of the mind is psychology, the study of the brain isn't about thought, it's more about neurotransmitters and electrical pulses and pathways and biology basically and I'm having this conversation with somebody who doesn't have a degree they just have an interest and they say something along the lines of isn't it mad the way there's only 50,000 neurons in the human brain if somebody says that to me who doesn't have experience I go oh no you're, you're actually mistaken there my, my understanding is that there's hundreds of millions of of um of neurons in the brain if not billions Certainly more than tens of thousands. And that's, that's, that's grand, you know, that person made a mistake, they've been corrected, we move on. But if somebody has a degree in neuroscience and they make that mistake, that will make me essentially disregard everything that they have to say in the, on the subject. They've just essentially proved themselves incompetent and not worthy of continuing the, the conversation. Because there are certain mistakes that you can't be allowed to make. There are, there are certain mistakes that are just unacceptable from somebody who has a degree or a PhD or 20 years experience. There are mistakes that a lay person can make in abundance and it doesn't matter. And that to me is all a qualification is, essentially. It's a stick to be beaten with. So for the most part... I don't want to know what your qualification is and I don't really care. It's your insight that interests me. But the the weird thing is 
if what I'm saying is true, if you can't just take somebody who's got a, a master's, a PhD or 50 years experience, if you can't take them at the word, then how are you supposed to believe what the expert on the news say says? So let's say it's the, the, the coronavirus pandemic and you've got an expert on one hand who's saying that nothing really to worry about with COVID, masks are unnecessary, you know, it's all a political ploy to control people, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you believe that expert? Or do you believe the other expert that says, no, look, people wear masks in surgeries and in hospitals and have been wearing them for 100 years now. And that's why we're recommending people wear them, to stop the transmission of this virus. Deadly or undeadly, it mightn't be deadly to you, but it certainly is deadly to a certain proportion of people in our population and these people need to be protected so wear a fucking mask dickhead which expert do you believe because experts will will differ now there is consensus but consensus is even getting squirrely these days because people are spineless and people are afraid to stand up so there is is consensus in certain fields about things that are a little bit fucking dubious Which begs the question, you know, who do you trust? And that's where knowing who your influencers have been is of critical of is of critical importance. Because when I list off my list of influencers, I would argue that those people are pretty credible. You know, like them or hate them, you can't really doubt their credibility. Now, look, maybe you can each their own and all that jazz. But when you have a list of influencers of that kind of calibre, as I do, I would like to think that that makes my utterances on different topics just a little bit more credible. Now, I'm not fucking infallible by any stretch of the fucking imagination. And pretty much everything that I talk about is always... It's an exploration of, of my thoughts on a particular subject. I very rarely, if ever, come out and say, look, lads, this is fucking how it is. Now, I will from time to time. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, nailing your opinions to the mast is something that I think people should do more often. Because, if nothing else, you're putting yourself up to be shot down, if needs be. Because if your opinion is wrong, if you're making a critical error, the only way that you're ever going to rectify that is kind of putting it out there for it to be criticised. And I've said before and I'll say it again, I don't mind being pilloried for views that I hold. But I will not stand for being pilloried for thinking or saying something that I never thought or said. And I think there's great utility in the thought experiment of just sitting down and thinking to yourself, right, if I was going to make a list of people who've influenced me, like who would it be? I mean, I'd love to know I'd love to know who are leading politicians, who their influencers have been. Because you are, to a degree, an amalgamation of the people you are influenced by. Obviously enough. Now, you, you should be more than that. And I'd like to think that I am my own person and I'm not just a distillation of all the people that have influenced me. I am to a degree, but I'm not to a degree. And I'd like to think that I bring my own... my own bit of originality to the table. Now, there's a, there's a school of thought that says that 
there's no such thing as originality that every fucking notion and tune and and anything that you can think of has already been thought of by somebody else and fucking fair play that's no reason to dispense with with thought or creativity just because somebody else has already done what you've done doesn't take away from your own creative achievement and i'd like to think that i'm an influencer of sorts and i i throw of i threw of sorts in there quite carelessly I'd like to position myself as an influencer. I think that I have attempted at least to position myself as an influencer. And one thing that bugs the piss out of me about that term influencer is any time that I've ever heard anybody described as that or like to their face. So you'll have somebody come on 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 a chat show and, oh, you've got 500,000 followers on Instagram. You're a real influencer. They they always generally shy away from that. They go, oh, God, no, not, not little old me. And something that really bugs me about that because it speaks to the person's shallowness, I think. It speaks to the, oh God, don't listen to me. <laughs> I'm just a dope. But you've got fucking 500,000 followers. To me, at least, that should come with a fucking grave responsibility. You're influencing people. You should take the, you should take the title of influencer seriously. And I don't think nearly enough people do. And it's a fucking shame. I'd, I'd like to see more people. And I'd like to see more people... Like, Rogan, I suppose, is the only person on that list that I outlined the other day that fits the bill here. Everybody else is a kind of a an expert in his or her field. But Rogan isn't really an expert in anything. He's a, a disseminator of information in a way, you know, love them or loathe them. It's kind of what he does. And that's kind of what I do. And I'd like to see more people out there like that. Because I mentioned at the outset of this recording that it's you need somebody else's, you need to, to know somebody else's opinion on, on a new topic you're trying to learn about before you can even start to make your, up your own opinion on it. You need, some, you need someone else's framing to compare your own framing to. And what's better again is, if you have someone like Joe Rogan, who's spoken to God knows how many hundreds, if not thousands of different people, and listened to their viewpoints and has changed his thoughts on different things, I'm sure, over the years. So... He's a distillation of a load of other different people. But what I would love is to have a load of Joe Rogans, basically. A load of different people, a load of influencers of mine who've been influenced themselves themselves, by God knows how many other people. So you're not just... You're not just listening to one man's opinion. You're listening to one man's opinion based on the opinions of hundreds of other people. And the more people like that that you can get, that you can listen to, that you can spend time with. I don't know, the, 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 the more well-rounded, I suppose, your, your worldview will be. And again, that's, that's another thing that I mentioned earlier. The solos are my effort to A, figure out what my worldview is, B, present that to the world. And hopefully what comes out of that is people see my worldview and are then able to go, okay, that's his worldview. What's my worldview? Like, I've spoken about my thoughts on Jesus Christ, 
anything, everything you can fucking think of now at this stage, practically, and I haven't really gotten fucking started. And I would imagine, like, the other day I spoke about biological determinism. How often do people ponder the... But how long do how often do people think about things like that? I would argue fucking not nearly often enough. And of course, the reason that nobody thinks about it is because nobody else is thinking about it. And the reason nobody else is thinking about it is because nobody else is fucking talking about it. And I think that the more conversations that I can have with people, the more conversations that I can listen to other people having, the more people, like Blind Boy, I don't know how the fuck he didn't make that list there the other day. That man has influenced me massively. And he essentially does what I do. He does an hour a week of his thoughts on a particular topic. And again, nothing that he said is particularly original, but it's original to me when I hear it. And that's fucking good enough. That's enough originality for me. And he would appear at least to have a to be a, a healthy distillation of God knows how many different people. And that's that's what I find appealing about him. And when he talks about a new topic, like COVID would have been new, you know, this time last year, I can take on board what he says and assume it's relatively credible because I've heard him speak about countless other different topics and I, I'm, I'm familiar with his thought process and I, I, I view him as, as, an, as an incredibly credible character because it's always better to make up your own mind about something but we can't all be fucking immunobiologists or astrophysicists or psychotherapists or whatever it is so we have to outsource our opinion to experts to a degree but when that becomes really weird and really dangerous is when we have to outsource our opinion to an expert we've never fucking heard of and an expert that the people that we do listen to aren't so sure on And I think that there's, I was chatting to past guests in front of the show about this recently, Pat O'Reilly, just a quick text message exchange. And he didn't ask me, but I have been asked directly on multiple occasions now over the last six months in particular, this idea of would I consider getting into politics? And there's something very appealing about politics to me. It's something that I kind of love to be involved in and love to explore but to explain it by way of an of analogy which is the only way I seem to be able to explain things these days that to me would be like me wanting to change the Catholic Church and in doing so becoming a priest that's how I view changing politics in Ireland by becoming a politician and fuck that noise there's an expression that says Politics is downstream of culture. And what that means is that in order to change politics, you need to change culture. And I think that podcasting is a new frontier in culture. So that's why I've, by default, if nothing else, ended up podcasting. Because I think that being in people's ear, getting 
yeah, being in people's ear, being between people's ears and getting into their fucking heads on a whole plethora of topics. And by some way, at least striving to raise my own bar, you by default raise other people's. And I'd like to think that if somebody came out and started talking about the type of things that I'm talking about now, if you've been listening to me, you'd be quick to call bullshit on somebody. I'd like to think. And I think that by broadcasting my internal monologue the way I'm doing now and the way that I have been doing, I think you're just... You're raising the bar of what I don't really know. Or at least I'd like to think I'm raising some sort of a bar. Maybe I'm raising the bar of whoever's listening to me's internal monologue themselves. Maybe maybe the topics that I'm covering is a welcome break from football or Carnation Street or work or the school run or whatever it is. I'd like to think I am. And look, it's I'm working on it. I don't know and I don't know exactly what it is that I'm doing or where it's going, but I'm enjoying the trajectory. I'm liking where it's gotten me. I wouldn't have predicted I'd be where I am now if you had asked me three months ago, never mind fucking three years ago. And I'm just I'm enjoying the journey. And as I said at the very start, I don't know what it is that I'm doing, which I love and loathe in equal measure. And maybe that's the maybe that's exactly where it should be. And on that note, I'll catch you soon.